Welcome to The Buzz, I'm Christopher Conover. Earlier this year, the Arizona Supreme Court cleared the way for a 7,000-unit housing development in Sierra Vista. Environmentalists and the federal government say water use from the homes could dry up flows in the nearby San Pedro River. On today's show, we talk to people on both sides of the suit and a top official in Sierra Vista to learn about the impact of the decision. We originally aired this show in August as a podcast only. Now we're bringing it to our radio audience. Sierra Vista has long been one of the most water-conscious communities in the country. The city sits next to the San Pedro Riparian National Conservation Area, through which the river flows. Local officials have been told that adverse impact on the San Pedro River and a reduction in drinking water supply could mean reductions in operations at Fort Huachuca, the area's major employer. Environmentalists and the Federal Bureau of Land Management, which oversees the conservation area, are concerned about adverse impacts on the river. That was the crux of their argument made in a lawsuit against Tribute, a large housing development that the Arizona Department of Water Resources said has adequate water supply. The suit said the department did not take the San Pedro into account. Chuck Pocheck has been Sierra Vista's city manager for more than 20 years. I started our conversation by asking him what the news means for the city. Well, first, I think it's important to understand that it's not a new development. The proposal was actually approved back in 2006. It's been uh, quite a, a long time. The voters uh, approved it because it was referred uh, to the ballot. A lot of agreements, a lot of uh, negotiation uh, went into it, a lot of uh, conservation measures and, and that kind of thing. So. Uh, the housing market, of course, crashed uh, shortly after that, and really uh, no houses have been built uh, in the development uh, since that time. Uh, we're actually very pleased uh, that we're able to move forward uh, with these uh, developments. It wasn't just the tribute one, but uh, Kenyatta Vista as well that was held up by the court proceedings. So uh, those will be uh, proceeding at this point. And the main reason, well, there are a few reasons, but the main reason is one, if the Fort Huachuca ever has uh, expanded missions, uh, we'll be able to then provide for the housing needs of those that come here, which is uh, very important to us as a community that supports uh, Fort Huachuca uh, and the military. And the other really revolves around um, what role should the federal government have in local and state uh, development decisions. And I think really that's where the crux of the matter is. Uh, it uh, appears through this and through other efforts that efforts are being made to expand the federal government's role in water and, uh, and development in the future. This kind of takes it back to uh, the state being the uh, prime entity uh, responsible for those things. What's the law the, the, or the code that new developers in Sierra Vista have to work under for single-family homes? Before uh, this uh, particular uh, development was approved, we put in a number of water conservation elements to include provisions for taking uh, Pueblo del Sol's uh, golf course uh, off of groundwater and requiring effluent on their landscaping and their proposed new development and, and many other uh, code issues related to conservation within the home. Since that time, actually, the city has 
adopted the EPA water sense standards, and I believe we were the first city to, to do that, uh, which are, of course, much more stringent. So all new development uh, is required to use those standards. What's within those standards for folks who may not be familiar? What we're trying to do is uh, encourage uh, low-flow uh, water use fixtures like water recirculation pumps, potential for use of gray water, you know, low-water use uh, landscaping. And I think you already see that a lot in Sierra Vista. When it comes, you said, to these two developments, how many homes, when they're finished, are we talking about? Well, uh, the smaller one, Kenyatta Vista, which is right in the middle of town that used to formerly be uh, state land, uh, is, I think, 93 units. And the tribute, the larger of the two, will come in uh, somewhere just under 7,000 units. And that was part of the uh, development agreement uh, that uh, we put in place. Uh, They could have put in uh, potentially 8,000 or so units in there. When you look at uh, our growth rates and, and development patterns, you know, it's not like there's cars lined up up and down Highway 90 with people ready to move in here. Uh, people haven't been moving in. Uh, the growth rate has been very slow. So you're probably looking at 20 to 30 year build out if we get back to more normal uh, growth rates. What brings people to Sierra Vista? It's, it's a beautiful little town. It's a little cooler than Tucson, less traffic. But what brings people down here? Well, I think uh, two things. Uh, Obviously, the presence of Fort Huachuca is the main uh, driver. Uh, You have many uh, uh, military people, obviously, that come in and out uh, through the town here uh, when they're uh, serving. A lot of them end up uh, retiring and and then uh, end up moving here uh, as a result of that. So we get a lot of that. We get other military retirees that Uh, look to take advantage of the weather, the town, and the presence of the fort uh, from around the country uh, and around the world, for that matter, uh, that want to move here. And then, of course, uh, we have uh, other folks uh, maybe living in higher cost of living states like California that are looking for other places uh, to, uh, to come to where they can stretch their dollars a little better. When these two developments are built out, you said 20, 30 years from now, is Sierra Vista built out at that point? Is that it? Well, I think that gets to a larger question. We're not really here to promote growth. Uh, obviously, we want you know to see jobs, and we want uh, you know our people here to thrive in, in a good economy and have opportunities uh, to uh, live their lives uh, in a better way. But you know what it really comes down to is. Knowing that people are going to come, they're going to come to Arizona. You know, they're they're coming to Maricopa County, fastest uh, growing county in the in the country. Uh, people uh, may look for smaller communities, you know, and that type of lifestyle as, as well. So we know in the future people are going to come here. Our job as a city government is to ensure that that growth, when it does occur, is done in a responsible fashion. So we're not really looking to promote growth, that kind of thing. I can't really say, are we built out then or not? Uh, Clearly, uh, we sit between uh, two federal entities, uh, being Fort Huachuca and the uh, San Pedro Riparian National Conservation Area. So there's limits in terms of our boundaries from that aspect. But 
they don't come to Sierra Vista, there's plenty of uh, space out in Cochise County that people can uh, come to. And, and just because they live outside the city limits doesn't necessarily mean they won't have an impact on the community. When it comes to water, the fort obviously is very important. Did you all have to have any discussions with them because if water becomes an issue, we don't want the fort to go away because if the fort goes away, Sierra Vista would change radically. This has been going on for a good 20 years or so. It started uh, when the uh, Center for Biological Diversity started uh, suing the fort using the uh, Endangered Species Act as the uh, tool of choice. At that point, uh, we really did need to partner with the fort in terms of water conservation. And at that time, we had a water budget and an overdraft. Uh, uh, We've taken great strides in partnering with them to uh, promote conservation and recharge projects and, and those kind of things like our environmental operations park to really attack that number and help them. So we work very closely with the fort. They are members of the Upper San Pedro Partnership, uh, and we have a very close working relationship. Do they have to approve what we do? No, they don't have to do that. When it comes to water, are, are we seeing wells run dry or anything like that, or, or is water fine in, in city limits? Well, I, I think, again, this comes down to uh, the judge's decision on water adequacy. Uh, the studies uh, uh, primarily done by Arizona Department of Water Resources indicate that there is a very large aquifer uh, underneath Sierra Vista uh, that can support uh, people here for, for many, many years. So the notion that there's not enough water or wells are running dry, there's subsidence, those kind of things, that really isn't the issue here. The issue here is uh, regulatory uh, and legal one, and it really has to do with how far down the water table goes and how that will affect uh, the San Pedro River. So uh, that's really what we're working on to try and help maintain flows in the river and conserve and do all the various things we need to do to try and assist that process. And it sounds like from what you said earlier, uh, when it comes to all of those things, even though the San Pedro is a federal riparian area, you think the city and the state are the ones who best make those decisions? Well, in terms of development and in terms of, you know, what we uh, think uh, need to be done, uh, absolutely, uh, we do feel that the the state law is uh, more than sufficient and then our codes. Uh, We understand what the issue is here. We understand the importance of, of both the river and the fort uh, to the community. I think the people here understand that. We do have the challenge of uh, a transient population due to the presence of the fort. So it's a constant education process that we have to go through here in terms of making sure that people understand the importance uh, of water conservation and being good stewards. That was Sierra Vista City Manager Chuck Pocheck. You're listening to The Buzz. This week we're talking about the San Pedro River in Cochise County and what construction of a proposed 7,000-home community could mean for the river. Rick Kaufman is a senior vice president of Castle & Cook, Arizona, the developer of Tribute, the housing development. I began our conversation by asking him what he made of the state Supreme Court's decision. The court acted appropriately and 
I mean, basically, they said that ADWR had followed both the law and the regulations in the regime that's been set up for many, many years in Arizona. And uh, we believe that that was the correct decision. It's what we felt all along. Talking about a housing development, Tribute will be when it's built out somewhere around 7,000 homes. When people hear that, they think we could drive out to the site now and there are bulldozers going and 7,000 homes are going in. But that's not the case, correct? That's absolutely right. And you're right on that this is a misconception that many people have that some 7,000 homes are going to parachute in here and immediately be uh, up and operating and cutting their grass, except they won't have any grass because we restrict that. But what this really represents is the future of this community, and it'll be the place where virtually 80% of the development of the community will take place over the next 40-plus years. This is a long, long build-out. So what it really represents is good planning, not just willy-nilly development here and there with subdivisions. Water is always a concern for everybody in Arizona. How do you offset those concerns when over 30, 40, 50 years, you're hoping to put in 7,000 homes. Let me back up a little bit. There's probably no community in the state and most of the Southwest that has done more to ensure that there is adequate water for both the residential and, and community development and protecting the natural resources that are here, specifically, in this case, the San Pedro River. It's been going on for a long time. There have been a lot of participants. Castle and Cook has been a uh, significant player in all of that, and we've been involved in many, 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 many of those efforts. We come up with new ways to, to conserve water in houses. And when the tribute development was, the master plan was adopted by the city, we had 17 public hearings. We had, there was a great deal of public input in that effort and it in itself incorporates many, many water-saving and water-recharge components. We're talking with Rick Kaufman, Senior Vice President of Castle and Cook, Arizona. How imminent is development? When do you all start putting shovels in the dirt now that you have this decision? It's a state Supreme Court decision, so it's pretty high up in the judicial chain. Yes, tell me about it. I've been working on it since, um, well, 2012 was when it was first uh, announced that ADWR was going to grant us the 100-year water adequacy. And so six years later, and not to mention numerous gray hairs later, it has been granted. So we would expect to start relatively soon, and by that I mean in, within the next 60 days to get our engineers going on preparing the initial engineering and sort of planning engineering and developing the final plats. We could have a plat approved perhaps mid to late 2019 and shovels and stuff moving sometime thereafter. How big is phase one, what I assume you all would call phase one? How many? We really haven't decided that, but it would not likely be more than 100, 150 units, something like that, I would expect. You mentioned commercial also. Would that be part of phase one, or is that further down the road as the need with more homes comes along? The market will tell us that. Even today, we could 
do commercial because it's along the frontage of Highway 92 and it's readily accessible. The residential portion is further back in the community, so we have to put a road back in there to get to it. We know all about the bubble burst of the housing market. Is the housing market and home values now high enough to get back in this game in the area? Yes, it's not. We're not at um, 2005 levels by any matter of means, but we've seen strengthening in the local market over the last six to nine months, which is encouraging. And I'm not sure what all has contributed to that, but we think that the fort is no longer uh, planning to reduce. They can actually increase, which, of course, we would like to see any new missions that can go there. And the Border Patrol is stabilized, and we're seeing increased interest by retirees. This really ought to be a retiree mecca because it's nice small town living, the mountains are close by, and the temperature is significantly less than Tucson or Phoenix. So we think all of those are trending in the right direction. But it's not gangbusters. When we talk about tribute and the long plan, 50 years, as you said, have we missed anything that the people of Tucson may not be aware of or Phoenix or anywhere else when it comes to this? Sierra Vista is a great place to live, and it's been hampered by this sort of Damocles that's been hanging over the community about the potential of inadequate water. Of course, the state had issued an adequate water supply designation, so we've been fighting for that, along with ADWR. Remember that they are our co-defendants in this lawsuit all along. It's not just development interests, it's the state Department of Water Resources. You know, we do have an aquifer here. Unlike many places in the state, we're not about to run out of water. That's not the issue. The aquifer here, here is maybe... 20 million acre feet. Nobody knows exactly, but it's huge. And in and of itself would last for thousands and thousands of years of even the most dramatic growth of this community. What we're really concerned about is trying to protect the river and and allow growth at the fort and to just have the natural growth that's going to occur here. This is a small town. Everybody knows everybody, more or less. You're out to dinner or at the grocery store or whatever. Someone walks up to you and says, Rick, I know we need to grow. That's good for the economy, but I'm really worried about the river. What do you tell them? I tell them that there is no place in Arizona that has done more to protect a natural resource like the river than this community, than this developer, and this county. The county supervisors uh, have come up with a, a regional recharge network that will help to protect the river regardless of what happens. If for some reason the pumping in the area is destined to have more of an impact than anybody thought, this regional recharge network will in effect set up a gate to keep those water shortages from ever reaching the river. And this is going on today, regardless of the litigation. That was Rick Kaufman, Senior Vice President of Castle and Cook, Arizona. Trisha Girardet, an environmental activist in Cochise County, was one of three plaintiffs in the suit, along with another environmentalist and the Bureau of Land Management. We sat down with Girardet under a ramada at the San Pedro House, a historic ranch house that now serves as a gift store and bookshop. We asked her what she made of the decision. There are two components that I see to the lawsuit, and so I think I'm disappointed in both components. 
One component was consumer protection. And we have examples of that right now where people who have built and drilled wells in the last 20 years are now very upset to have learned that their water rights can eventually be taken away because they're pumping potentially river water. And so the concept of adding to that pool of unhappy, unaware, aggrieved homeowners is ridiculous. Then the other component, of course, is for the river itself. And I'm disappointed that the lack of protection until it's truly quantified means that there, if we keep adding to the pool of folks who are pumping, that there won't be anything left to adjudicate. In talking with uh, city officials in Sierra Vista, talking with the developers of Tribute, they all say there's plenty of water for the river and all these potential people. I'm guessing you don't see the, their math. Oddly enough, perhaps for many people, I agree that there is a large aquifer. What they know, and it makes me very angry that they don't bring it up, is the top of the aquifer is what keeps the river alive. So yes, there's a big aquifer, and if all you think about is humans, there's water for humans for a lot of years. But they know darn well that it's the top of the aquifer that protects the river. And so they're leaving that out when they say those misleading statements. I get mad. You and I are sitting here in Sierra Vista, just outside Sierra Vista at San Pedro House on a beautiful day, sitting outside, uh, all the, the birds around us. Sierra Vista is a fairly small town. Tribute puts in 7,000 homes over a, a series of decades. Some would say that's going to be good for the economy and help Sierra Vista move forward. What do you say to that argument? The 7,000 would add about 40% more to the stock of housing than is here already. My reaction to the concept of you must always have growth is that endless growth, regardless of how small the rate is, is not supportable ultimately. If growth had been the answer, then when Sierra Vista was growing at 2% and 6% a year, why aren't we flush? With this lawsuit, it came through the state Supreme Court. Is that the end, or are we now moving into the federal system? I'm planning to keep fighting as long as I can, as hard as I can, in whatever venue I can. Today, I don't know if that means trying to start in the federal system or not. I think it does because we are talking about federal rights. And the state, with this decision, has clearly, I think, laid out a case that they are not going to protect the federal rights. And so it's an interesting question, and lots of attorneys are doing lots of talking about it. We're talking with Tricia Gerodet, plaintiff in this suit. You said you're thinking about you're exploring the options of taking this federal why get involved we have a ruling from the state supreme court the highest court in the land why not throw up your hands and say okay fine that's it well it's only the highest court in the land for the state 
not for the country. Because if we had to wait another 44 years and we built another X thousand number of houses, again, we would have very unhappy homeowners who said, what do you mean I can't make use of the water I have? And we would be setting the stage for defeat of protection of the Sprinka. It's a special place. It's what the Santa Cruz used to be. It's a miracle in the desert, all that green, all that life, all that biodiversity. And it relies on water getting to it from the aquifer, which means people can't keep draining the aquifer or we have a dead river like the Santa Cruz and the Salt. And this needs to be protected. It's one of the last in the desert. So I keep fighting. For people who don't understand, uh, for folks in Sierra Vista who have a permit f uh, for a new home and they, they sink a well, they've got plenty of water. Even if there's water there, as you've mentioned, they could lose their rights to that water. How does that work? Because most people think, well, the well's on my property. There's water there. How could I possibly be in trouble? That gets into um, the complicated system of water law in Arizona, which um, is pretty hard to explain in a couple of minutes. But the bottom line is that at some distance from the river, the state thinks that groundwater doesn't get to the river, which is hydrologically and scientifically not correct, but a position they've tried to maintain legally for a number of years. So that's part of the conundrum and difficulty. And if you're outside of an active management area, an AMA, there are no restrictions on drilling a well, as people in Wilcox have learned to their sorrow. That was Tricia Girardet, a plaintiff in the lawsuit. This episode originally aired back in August, not long after the state Supreme Court decision. Now, attorneys for the plaintiffs are working on a federal lawsuit to prevent the tribute complex from being built. And that's the buzz for this week. Tune in next week when we celebrate the winter solstice and its diverse religious, cultural, and astronomical meanings. Find all our episodes online at azpm.org and subscribe to our show wherever you get your podcasts. Just search for The Buzz Arizona. Ariana Brocious produced our show. Zach Ziegler recorded our interviews. Jim Blackwood is our production engineer. Andrea Kelly is the news director. And our music is by Enter the Haggis. I'm Christopher Conover. Thanks for listening. Arizona Public Media's original programming is made possible in part by the Community Service Grant from the Corporation for Public Broadcasting.